Hello, welcome back to Nesting with the Early Birds. I'm your host, Shannon Early, and today we're going to be talking about some homeschool tricks on how to teach multiple children with different ages. All right, grab a pen and paper and let's see if we can help you out. Welcome back. This is episode six of Nesting with the Early Birds. This is so exciting, guys, that we're still doing this. The amount of listeners just keeps growing and growing. Like, what in the world? This is so darn exciting. So please continue to share or download whatever it is. And again, I'm not making money, anything like that. But it is really exciting. It's something where everyone's saying, Shannon, you know what? I kind of like what you have to say. So this is so exciting, guys. Welcome back. I hope that you can grab maybe a pen and paper. If not, just grab some wine and nail polish and do your nails as we talk about different tricks that we use in our family to teach all four kids at once. Now, before we get into the meat of things, however, I do want to remind you that every fifth episode, I'm going to either have a special guest or it's going to be some kind of new segment that I haven't, you know, worked on before. My 10th episode is coming up very soon, and I would love for you to listen as I speak with one of the top 1% saleswomen in America for the clothing brand LuLaRoe. She is a normal mom just like us and she is a super cool chick she is awesome and funny and great and I can't wait to have her on for my first ever podcast interview it's going to be so exciting so I just wanted to remind you that episode 10 is coming up and mark your calendars all right we are finally in to the meat of things everybody So, first of all, homeschooling, definitely not for the faint of heart. And everything that I'm going to share with you today, just because they're my special tricks and tips or whatever, it doesn't even mean that it's the best way to do it. But I really hope that some of these are going to really help you out. Maybe you're stuck in a rut, or maybe you've been doing it for years and you just want to figure out maybe some new ways to handle things. Maybe you have children with special needs and all of a sudden you've been flung into homeschooling because of the coronavirus. Or maybe you just are interested in hearing how we do things at my house. So just as a reminder, we have four children. Evangeline is the eldest. She's eight years old and she's in third slash fourth grade. Followed by Evangeline is Finn. Finn is seven years old and he is in the second grade. Then we have Anwen. Anwen is five years old. Well, five and a half if you were to ask her. And she's in kindergarten slash first. And then Luca. Luca is two years old and he is in preschool slash early kindergarten. And the reason I say slash everything is because we just very loosely keep track of what actual grade level they are in. We basically go by what the county says they should be in, but if they're doing things that are more advanced, I'm not going to stop them. You know what I'm saying? So first of all, because we have four kids with all different needs of whether it's special needs or just attention needs, regardless, it's really important that we have a game plan every day. 
And I'm not a super focused, like, I need the exact lesson to look exactly like this kind of person. But I do need to have sort of a sketch, look, an outline of what the day is going to be. And so once I have the outline, it makes things so much easier. So, for instance, uh, we have a whiteboard in our schoolroom. And on the whiteboard, I will write you know, the the order of things that the kids can expect for that day. And so it might say something like, first is journaling, you know, second is math, third is art, fourth is history, something like that. But when I have things like journaling, for instance, I have each kid, they each have a desk because little kids like to look like big kids and big kids need a desk. So we have four desks and they all face each other like a little square table. And when it's time for journal, everybody needs to sit at their desk and they begin journaling. Now I might say, um, Luca, you here's your journal and I just give him a bunch of crayons, you know. And then I'll say, Anwin, um, the, everybody, the journal topic for today is I want you to tell me one of your favorite memories with your granddaddy. Let's just pretend that's the journal topic. Well, I will actually have Evangeline write between two and five sentences where she has to actually write out a memory. Then with Finn, I will have him try to write a couple of words, hopefully a sentence, and draw a picture. Anwin draws a picture and explains it to me, and the same with Luca. I might have Anwin just write the word granddaddy or whatever. Every kid has to write the date on the top of their journal, and that's it. I will then set a timer and say, you have 15 minutes to get this completed, and that is how we start our day most every day. The really cool thing about that is uh, a homeschool friend of mine had told me that just get your kids to journal and that's the best way that you can get them to actually start writing because our eldest was like, screw this, I'm not writing. If I make a mistake, I can't deal with it. So for journals, we don't correct grammar, we don't correct the words, whatever. But I will help them spell things out or if they want me to proofread it, that kind of thing, we'll do it. But journals, I feel like, are a private thing, and there shouldn't be any kind of bars on the creative process for it. You know, it's something coming out of their mind. That's not something that should be, you know, proofread with this big overhead. I just want to make sure, did you get the task done? And then after journal, you know, everybody has to clean it up, put it back away in their desk, and let's pretend that the next thing is history, for instance. I will make all the children go get a cozy corner, cozy spot, something like that. We actually have an entire section that is like a rectangular area with a rug and everybody has these big cozy pillows that we stack up in a corner. And when it's time for history, for instance, I will have all the kids get their cozy pillows and sit and listen. Now, Evangeline and Finn are the eldest, so I expect them to listen and listen well. I will even tell them, you know, I'm going to quiz you at the very end of this. Anwin and Luca, I their expectation is that they listen quietly and they're allowed to actually play with quiet toys while I read or explain something. But the expectation is, you guys, you need to be quiet. And also they have toys that we actually only use during school time. So they're, it's not a problem at all. They're very happy to do it. And so then Evangeline and Finn and 
Anwen and Luca will start out all sitting on their little cozy pillows and I will begin to share them, you know, share with them the story from history. So, for instance, we recently spoke um, a lot about George Washington and all the different adventures he went on before he even became a president, and then the adventures he went on as a general, etc., etc. But one thing that can be really helpful as the teacher is to really learn the information yourself first. Maybe for some of you that sounds really basic, but you can imagine somebody just reading from a book is boring as crap. Nobody wants to sit through that, especially four little children. Give me a break. And you really only have a very small time of attention span. So you need to get those facts in there quickly and excitingly and just, you know, do it well. So I might read over some stuff about George Washington or whatever. And then when I share with them history, I'll have the history book open. I'll let them know, hey, you can like, you know, look through this if you want. This is where I'm getting the information from. But I'll really just kind of skim it and then I will orally tell them everything. As in orally, as in I'm not reading verbatim word for word, but I'm looking at it and then I'm summarizing it in an exciting way for them to listen. After that, I'll say, okay, you know, I'm going to ask you guys some questions, la, la, la. And then Evangeline and Finn are going to then have to go either write something about the history or they're going to have to do some sort of further work. And then as far as, uh, then it might be like, okay, everybody, go do this, you know, work that I have set out for you for history, whatever it is. It could even, whatever it is. Sometimes I'll have things like a coloring book or something like that, a coloring page that the younger kids can work on. It might be like a picture of George Washington or whatever that they need to color. And the elder kids, I might have them, you know, write, you know, a summary about what we talked about that day or they might have to draw a tricorn hat or create a tricorn hat, things like that. One fun thing that I really like to do is after teaching something like history, which also we'll put Bible in with our history time. So a lot of times we might share like a Bible verse or something like that. And I'll let the kids read out of the Bible themselves out loud, which is really, they love it. And they also love that they each have their own Bible. So they all open it up and Anywho, so that's part of our history lesson as well. But one really fun thing that we like to do is act it out. So we have this giant costume section that we made out of an old entertainment center. And I have this um, curtain rod that's it's like a tension rod for a shower. And it's hooked up between the cabinet uh, barriers on the entertainment center. And all their costumes are hung up. And they also have a section that's like... Uh, a box or whatever and it has you know like their swords and their eye patches and all their extra whatevers and so I might say hey guys I want you to listen up to this really really well because afterwards you guys are going to reenact it things like that they love it they love it and that's also a really good way to get your kid to listen to it and learn it in a different way now they have their whole body involved so all of a sudden it becomes a totally different part of the brain that they're using just to do history so that's really, really neat. We might even perform it for dad at the end of the day, which he actually really loves. Like, I've got a super supportive husband, and if we say, Dad, we've got a show for you from school, he's like, yes! Like, he, he genuinely, genuinely really loves it. And so after we do something like history, we'll have science. And I'll say, okay, you know, everybody come into the kitchen or wherever it is. And let's say I need to add 
food drop, food coloring drops, or I need to stir the thing, or whatever the thing is, light a match. I'll pick different kids based on their age level and ability to participate, but every person will participate, whether it's setting up the station, cleaning up the station, whatever it is, I make sure every single person has a job, they feel valued, and they're learning something. Whatever their little job is, it's learning something to do with not only science, but they're learning how to be a teammate and a team player and just, you know, a part of our family. Also, one of the things that we do is read aloud every single day. Uh, Another homeschool mom friend told me that as a mom reading out loud, it is one of the easiest and best ways that you can actually teach your own children how to read. And that's actually part of our, you know, curriculum every day on the whiteboard. It will say, you know, reading time, 20 minutes or whatever the time is for that day. If mom is feeling particularly sick, she'll say quiet reading time, 45 minutes. And that's when they have to read on their own, on their cozy little cushions, you know. And I don't care if they want to read on their bellies or their whatever. Just go get cozy. Enjoy the experience of reading. You know what I'm saying? So we read aloud every single day. And that's when I like to bring in really fun stories. You know, obviously there's the, already with history we did read aloud. But I like to really introduce them to different genres And reading aloud is so cool because your children can learn the different cadence of speech. They can learn different genres with you. They can ask questions about words. And also it teaches them how to be an active listener. And I really love reading books that will really engage their imagination. You know, stories like The Chronicles of Narnia or Harry Potter. You know, all those really cool Wow, you know, like the Pilgrim's Progress, books that are really, really well written that can really touch their hearts. I think those are great. Now, Luca, does he really want to hear those stories? No. So a lot of times I'll do the read aloud time once I put Luca down for his nap. But for Luca, I'll read stories like The Very Hungry Caterpillar. And, you know, they love it when you make little voices. Like for them, it is the best. Um, You got to get on in that voice game, guys. You got to do it. And then also, they are all working together as a team. So let's say uh, another thing that we like to do is nature journals where they're going to have to go outside and maybe I'll say, you know, you need to find something in the yard, anything. Here's a sketchbook and a pencil. You need to go out, sketch the thing. Then when they come back in, if they're an older kid, I'll say, okay, you need to research this with me, write down the scientific name, maybe write some information about the thing. But with the little kids, it will be just draw the thing. I will write the information for you and let's put this in our nature journals. Uh, For us, nature journal is also a big part of science. You know, the world is science, biology, guys, hello. But like the other day, we learned um, how to make our own feather quill pen for writing that was fun I mean we had to go to the the uh, park near us has a big lake with tons and tons of geese so we went to the park and everybody collected multiple goose feathers then we learned how to you know cut the tip off in a certain pattern we learned that you had to remove the debris from the insides. We learned even how to kind of slightly roast it in a candle flame in order to smooth the edges. And then we had ink. We learned about parchment. 
and then we wrote with our quill pens and that was a really fun thing to do since we were just learning about colonial America and how Thomas Jefferson was always writing with a quill pen and we got to make our own and that was real fun and you got to think like they're learning how to use sharp tools they're learning how to follow directions they're learning science the anatomy of a goose quill pen which I did have them write in their nature journals they're learning things about ink um historical things that people would use you know you can teach them about the world just from one thing like a dang goose uh, feather you know what I'm saying so there's just really fun ways that you can be creative with your kids and keep them all engaged at the same time another thing is that we only allow them to use the school activity things the school toys the costuming whatever during school hours once school is over for the day, they are expected to have their station cleaned up. All of the things need to be put back away, and it is done. And that way it makes it exciting for them. When they go into the schoolroom, it's like, yes, we finally have these things that we normally don't get to play with. Um, and I will say, you know, if you don't have a schoolroom right now, maybe you don't have the space for it. Girl, I, I feel you so deeply. We used to live in a house where we didn't have a dining room uh and so all we had was the kitchen, right? We also didn't have a laundry room. The laundry was in the kitchen. So we ate in the kitchen, we cooked in there, we homeschooled in there, and we did laundry in there. It was tight, and we did it. But I still would have a bucket of things that was only pulled out during school, and it was awesome. Another way that you can help your kids to you know, help each other and help you out and just have a more enjoyable school day is that you can give the elder kids jobs to take care of the littles in little ways. So for instance, maybe they need to proofread their little brother's papers or maybe you need them to read a book to one of the other kids while you teach another kid math. There's a lot of ways that you can give them responsibilities that lets them feel like they're being a little baby mama, like a little baby teacher bear. So homeschooling, honestly, it just never looks the same for us every day. Each and every day is different and you just really need to be willing to kind of fly by the seat of your pants. At least for me, I have a lot of friends that are way more organized with this, way more dedicated to spending their nights preparing for the next day. But, you know, it's just, it's not necessary. Your kids are going to learn so much from you just by doing life together. You know, they're just going to learn home ec from when you would help cook with them. Or, you know, they're going to learn how to treat people well. And at the end of the day, you know, you, again, are the best possible person to teach your kid. You have them as a gift and honestly you know you if you're even listening to this you obviously care a little bit about your children so just remember to give yourself grace you know be gracious with yourself you're going to make mistakes you're going to do something that you know maybe didn't work that well but just learn from what you're doing just like your kids are learning from you just learn from your mistakes that you made and try to make the next day better and when all else fails do a lot of activities that involve counting with candy <laughs> candy ice cream you know the good old standbys and you know there's also going to be days that you don't even homeschool but again like they're just gonna learn from you even if you're laying down sick on the couch they're gonna learn how to be compassionate 
They might even learn first aid and medical care. So just every single thing is a learning experience. Take the time to sit down and talk about it with your kiddos and you're gonna do great. All right, dudes and dudettes, we just finished episode six. This is Bananas. So tune in for next time, episode seven, where we're actually going to talk more about scheduling your homeschool day and making sure that you're using the right amounts of time to get the things done. All right, guys, I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for coming. way friend did you share this yet did you tell anybody at all about this uh podcast have you shared it with a co-worker have you shared it with your sister what about your mom just share it guys let's get those numbers growing evan says that if i can get to a certain amount of listeners that i get a new present so get me that present guys you are my present by showing up and i'm going to continue to show up for you thank you so much please share and remember god loves you Thank you.